Hey, Chris Manning here from Lockdown Cavs. Coming up on today's show, Evan and I are going to talk about the weird loss to the Jazz and what that kind of says about the state of the Cleveland Cavaliers. We're going to talk about the team getting healthy again at some point, and we're going to talk about the Knicks game on Friday. That's all coming up today on Lockdown Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast. And we're Evan. We also have a great sponsor here at the top of the show we want to tell you about. Yeah, today's episode of Locked On Cavs is brought to you by CBDMD. January is important in setting the tone for the new year, and in 2021, that has never been more true. Luckily, our good friends at CBDMD are here to give you the support you need to conquer your news resolutions and make this year your best one yet. And if those resolutions happen to involve fitness, they've got a brand new topical product that'll help you keep moving all year long. CBD Relief with Lidocaine fuses CBDMD's hybrid broad-spectrum formula with fast-acting lidocaine to help provide temporary relief for minor aches and pains. And the new bag-on-valve spray technology, Relief can be applied comfortably at any angle, even upside down. And to make it even easier and to get the year started off right, they're offering all of our listeners 20% off their next order when they use the promo code NBA, like the league, at checkout. Once again, that's cbdmd.com, promo code NBA for 20% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. With the fifth pick in the 2020 NBA Draft, the Cleveland Cavaliers select Isaac Okoro from Auburn University. Quarter on none, launches. Here's Sexton. On the blow by. Both inside. And off to Garland for three. Hey, knocks it down. Drummond grabs it out, lets the Garland. Up top. Oh, And, uh, Cleveland, this is for you. Evan, the Cavs played in the Utah Jazz on Tuesday. That was it was bad. A game. That was certainly a game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a game that we had to watch uh, that I'm, I'm sure a lot of people out there also watch. But uh, just so we're being completely open and transparent, normally if you listen to the show and if you're joining us for the first time on WKYC, welcome. Please find us wherever you get your podcasts. Evan and I will normally do a segment on the game where we do MVP, play of the game, and stat of the night. This game was so one-sided. The Cavs um, played tough early. You know, there, there's something commendable about that, and I think we'll probably talk about that a little bit. But this was a 117-87 game. I felt Utah was largely in control the whole time. Everything about the Cavs' performance offensively was absolutely anemic and, and shows kind of how bad this team is, particularly when they're hurt. So, you know what? Like, there, there's a weird thing going on here just because of the amount of injuries obviously Andre Drummond did not play in this game the Jazz came in a rested basketball team versus the Cavs playing um, having played the night before like there's just a lot of things that would point in the direction of the Cavs not being competitive in this one and that's how it bared out um, you know little things I think that pop in you know we'll, we can talk about whatever Evan but not not a particularly fun game as the Cavs are still just kind of making it kind of jogging through the mud here Mm-hmm. No, I mean, there are some awards to hand out. It was nice to see Jordan Clarkson back. Um, we got a little bit of clarity on Dylan Windler's availability. Uh, it's relative, I guess, in terms of time when he'll be back, according to JB, which I think is just coach speak for saying stop asking about it. We got no clear update on Kevin Porter Jr., and I posted something on Fear the Sword about just the reckless and endless speculation on his return. But in terms of the game... Um, this is certainly a basketball game. The Cavs were competitive in the first quarter, and then it just kind of got away from them in the end. Uh, they gave up 24 three-pointers to the Utah Jazz, which just makes it explicitly clear that the Cavs are not a very good perimeter defense team again. Um, I mean, defensively, they're okay. They're solid enough in the paint. They 
really contained Rudy Gobert well, which was JB said was one of the team's focuses heading into the game. Gobert had four points on two of seven shooting to go with ten rebounds and one block, which, you know, for a defensive player, the perennial defensive player of the year, that's a good thing. But you can't stop one player when it comes to Utah. They're kind of a hydra, if you will. There are five heads to it, and Donovan Mitchell being the other big head, and Mitchell torched the Cavs for 27 points, four assists, three rebounds, and he hit five of seven three-pointers. Jordan Clarkson also looked great. It was good to see him back, and I'm glad he's with a team that he has a defined role, and I think he's a early front-runner for six-man of the year in my eyes, because Utah is going to be a force in the Western Conference, and um, just in terms of Cavs sides of things, Chris, there's not a lot of positives to glean from this, but... Let's, let's save MVP for last because this might be a fun thought exercise for us too. But my play of the night was early into the game when Jetty had that lob pass to, um, sorry, Lamar Stevens. It was just an exciting play because, I mean, Lamar Stevens himself played well. He had nine points on four of eight shooting, which is good. I mean, he, this is a guy who probably won't play regularly when the Cavs are fully healthy. So for him to get some serious burn is a good thing for him. But no, that play was kind of exciting. And then maybe JaVale McGee... Um, kind of putting Rudy Gobert to task a little bit in the early beginnings was fun as well, but that was just my play for pick for play of the night. How about you? Um, I'm going to, I, I almost, I want to jokingly shout out Lamar Stevens, who's playing hard and playing competitively. And, um, yeah. his mom has like some of my tweets randomly, which is always fun, but, um, uh, he, <laughs> the uh, they, they went p- on Twitter. Yes. Like Marvin yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, at one point, uh, they gave Stevens like a post up with his back to the basket, like in the mid post, and that was like the play. And I was like, "This offense is absolutely just broken. Like, there's, there's, this is just like the case in point that this team's offense is just broken when this well, is like a thing that they're, that they're doing." The Cavs only made eight three pointers to Utah's twenty four. So the, the, the oh, Cavs we will have, get into that in the stats, yeah. my friend. We will get into it. Um, but my play of the game is third quarter. The Cavs are kind of out of this game by at that point. But Isaac Okoro gets an offensive rebound. He misses. And then Larry Nance comes in, cleans it up, and, and dunks. Um, again, this is a team that is down. They, they get, they're down 15 even after that bucket. Like, this isn't close. But you know what? Like, you have, I think a quality of this team that is endearing, and I can understand why people get excited about this team, and, and something that I think will help the team if it, if it continues is just that they're, they are just trying to still play hard even if things are, are going suboptimally. So yeah. that, that's my play of the night. Um, Evan, do you, have a, do you have a stat of the night? Well, I kind of hinted at it, the fact that the cle- – maybe we have the same one, so if you have this one, I can always mix it up. But the fact that um, JB shared with the media that the Cavs are kind of playing 80s-style basketball, I thought he was saying that a little bit tongue-in-cheek, just with the fact that he's playing like Drummond and McGee together or McGee and Maker together or Maker and Drummond together. Um, yeah, I didn't know if he was actually being serious or not, but the Cavs only attempted or made eight three-pointers on 31 attempts, so that's a roughly about 26% for the Cavs overall in the night, which isn't ideal. Um, especially when you look at Utah, who is a very modern NBA offense, and they made 53% of their three-pointers on 24 or 45 attempts. There's, that disparity as a whole is also indicative of how banged up the Cavs are because some of their better shooters, i.e. Colin Sexton being like one of the best ones, is out, is troublesome, and Kevin Love as well. So you really can't hang too, give the Cavs too much grief on this, but this is some ugly offense we're seeing right now, and I don't see it getting better until like this team becomes more and more healthy, which is something we'll discuss in the next segment. Yeah, so here's my stat of the night. The Cavs, according to Cleaning the Glass, had an offensive rating of 79.7 points per hundred possessions. That that's it. That's just that's it's not ideal. That's that's like G League offense. Like yeah. it's it's I bad, mean, folks. To be fair, the Cavs' entire bench was like a G League starting lineup, and then Damian Dotson 
is a fringe like rotation player for the Cavs. Like Akoro McGee, Nance, and Osman are the core four that would be in Cleveland's rotation going forward. So they're essentially starting the better part of the Canton Charge last night. Yeah, uh, and as a quick add-on to that, um, Evan, the Cavs' offensive rating in the half court, according to Cleaning the Glass, was fifty-eight point four. That was that was Goodness. that was less than half than the Jazz in the half court. The Jazz were one hundred seven point four. The Cavs were over like just it's, so bad. It's so optimal, um, my man. It's like it's you not can good. see it on, on the tape, and then you're like, "Oh, that's pretty bad." And then you look at the numbers, and it's like, "Oh, it's 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 quite quite bad." It's it's a troubling time for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, so Evan, do you have, MVP? It's hard. I have a hard time picking an MVP yeah. in a game like this because it is just so broken. Um, do you have one? My joking answer is Jordan Clarkson because he used to play for the Cavs and JC. Look, had a really I good night this is a pro Jordan Clarkson. Oh, it is. I am pro Jordan Clarkson on too. a lot of fronts. Good guy, good guy, good entertainer. JB um, Bakerstaff said it's one of his, yeah. he's one of his favorite players he ever coached. So clearly, like there's a lot of love between Bickerstaff, Clarkson, and the Cavs. Still, I'm sure the Cavs gave him a nice and you know tight with that. Larry, tight with yeah. Kevin, uh, tight with 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 DG and, and the clutch and the clutch guys. So yeah, a lot of love there. Yeah, but on the Cavs side of things, oof, this is tough. I think I'm gonna give it to Isaac Coro just simply for the fact that he was aggressive on offense, and that's something I kind of want to see with him. And I think these shots will have an easier time falling when the Cavs are healthy, especially when they have Love, Drummond, Sexton, and Garland back. You know, the starting four alongside Coro to make it the starting five. But to see him remain aggressive offensively and kind of not float like he sometimes does is a good thing. I know he only made two three-pointers on six attempts, but he attempted six three-pointers, which is huge for him, and especially because he was so nervous to take a shot at the beginning of his career in the preseason to now. Um, no, that's just a great thing, and, and he didn't lead the team in minutes for once. It was Jetty Osmond who led him by like two minutes, ten seconds more, but... Not a bad, not a bad look for young Isaac tonight, and I think he'll be my MVP pick on this one just because of how aggressive he was offensively, and just something I hoped would remain even with the Cavs being so beaten up. Yeah, it's fair. Um, I'm just gonna just go Yogi Ferrell because he had ten points and four assists off the bench, and like I, I just think it's nice to have another healthy body on the roster. I literally don't have like a good answer for this, so I'm no, just gonna. It was just a. I'm gonna burn it on Yogi Ferrell, who might big old. It's just here right now. Noise for this, like a for the Cavs on against Utah on this one, and it's, it is what um, it is. We're on to New it's York. It's the, it's the Snyder cut of basketball games. So it's still gonna be bad, just a lot longer. Yeah, it's all bad. It's just all bad. Don't tell Dave Zavok that. Was that. A... <laughs> All right, uh, we're, Evan, let's take a break here. Why don't you tell everyone about a great sponsor on the network? Well, if you are betting on the Cavs in, in when they pl- take on New York this Friday, which we'll be talking about in the last segment, maybe you want to play some money through our friends at betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get, get in on the action. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. You can also bet on the Browns game against the Chiefs this weekend, which could be an interesting money line if you really want to take Cleveland in all honesty. I mean, their Super Bowl odds are pretty wild right now, but if they get past Kansas City, anything's possible in this weird year that is 2021 so far. But like I said, if you want to get on the action, don't forget, use the, don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbooks experts and the exclusive betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. 
And if you want some advice after you sign up at Locked On, check out our friends in network at Locked On Bets. 2020 is mercifully over, and it's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long, and they actually had a really good lock last night when they said Oklahoma State was going to upset Kansas, and lo and behold, they were right. They're on a hot streak right now, so take their advice. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts, probably the same place you can find Locked On Bets, or sorry, Locked On Cavs, excuse me. All right, Evan, um, where do you want to go next? I'm going to let you pick. Knicks game or the Cavs getting healthy? Let's save the Knicks game for last, and let's talk about the Cavs getting healthy. So Andre Drummond was a last-minute – well, he was a game-time decision, but it was a surprising blip on the injury report, and I haven't checked today's injury report yet, and it's usually – we're recording this at 1.30 p.m. on Wednesday. And they might not have – they may not have to – I don't remember the exact rules, but based on the date and when they play next, we may not get in another official one until – Thursday. Until Thursday. Yeah. So it's, I don't know if the Cavs left the submit one today that's like official, official. I don't even know if they're doing anything today because Larry Nance Jr. literally tweeted like, we actually get a day to recover and I don't know when the last time we had that is. And as of note, these, this two-day stretch is going to be the last time the Cavs have two days off barring any game postponements because of COVID or anything until February. So they could, tough sledding. Uh, the Cavs could have Monday off just because of how beat up the Wizards are right now and then the Wizards are impacted by COVID as well. So they could the Cavs could have Monday off. Like they could have some, Saturday, Sunday, Monday and then be back Wednesday at that point. So five days off, which would be even more helpful. Four or five days off. I can't do math right now, but that'd be helpful for the Cavs too. But no, Drummond, apparently according to Bickerstaff, was kicked in the calf when they were playing Memphis on Monday night and they said he has an Achilles injury, which I believe uh, JB Bickerstaff's not a liar and the Cavs do take their injuries seriously and they're, they get full disclosure when it comes to them. Um, so I think if Drummond got the night off against uh, Utah, which was a big match against Gobert, and would have been a huge task for Drummond. I think that was a smart call. So heading into New York, I have a good feeling that Sexton and Drummond will be back, and then maybe Darius Garland will be as well. But who knows with Darius? Maybe they take a little more time with him just because shoulder injuries can be bothersome. But um, at least if we get two players back in the starting lineup, so let's say it's Sexton, Okoro, Drummond alongside Osmond and Nance in the starting five against New York. I think the Cavs have a little bit of a better shot against the Knicks than they did against Utah last night. And it's not going to be pretty basketball, but I think having a shot creator like Sexton helps, and I think it relieves some of the pressure, offensive pressure on Nance and Okoro, and then Drummond obviously helps a lot as well, but... I, what do you think? Who do you think will be back in time for the Knicks? And then we'll kind of like look ahead to some of the other injuries. Um, I think you're hoping that, you know, that you can get Sexton back. Um, you know, I, there's a report out there they had an MRI. Um, he doesn't reveal anything serious. I think he's almost played like twice now. So it's just kind of a, it's a complicated thing. Um, I don't, I, I don't want to like fully speculate on that because I think we need to kind of just we probably do need like another layer of information here, but like even getting Sexton and Drummond back would be huge. I think Garland would be really big. Um, I, I think this whole roster just needs to like actually just get healthy. Like it, it's, yeah. it's problematic. Um, like there are changes I think they need to make offensively, but like I, you can't make them until you actually have the, the your full selection or at least something close resembling that at its disposal, right? Like I think you need to take more threes and like yes, Colin can go back and I think he can start taking more and, and Darius can take more and stuff, but like this is a team that just kind of needs to get everyone together and playing and kind of figuring stuff. But Dante is kind of the one that's clearly going to take the longest, I think. Um, Dante, like Kevin. Sh- 
Well, but Kevin, just timeline-wise, is closer. Yeah, he is, like, Ke- but the Cavs could be extra cautious with him because... I don't know. He does have a bit of. I mean, a we don't know. I, I just, yeah. I don't, I don't think we know. But I think, like in theory, he's closer than Dante, and and they're probably all should be careful with Dante because of Dante's, you know, very checkered injury history at this point. But I, I think you're in a just position where you just have to get healthy, and I don't really. I just think you need to get guys back and, and be careful. I think you know waiting to be 100 percent is smart. I I think the underlying thing with all this is like that if there's a COVID situation with this cast team, like they are not going to be able to field the team. Like they're already like on the brink of that because of injuries. Yeah, they're and one player if, away, one injured player away from not being able to field the team right now. Right. So if they if they get to a position where like a couple guys are you know have to quarantine for a couple days or, or get placed in the the police protocol or whatever like they are going to be in some some trouble um and you know it's kind of not talked about a lot i can understand why it's uncomfortable but like that it's the reality of, of the team situation right now and yeah. that's just the underlying concern for me with all of this is just like i don't know exactly what the path is here other than getting healthy and then hoping that you can just like keep guys from you know, when they're out, you know, traveling and you're doing what you're doing, like you can keep guys as healthy as possible. Um, I, I think Evan, clearly if I was going to like rank the, the importance of people returning, it's Sexton and then Garland and, and, and Drummond kind of is the big three and Kevin is there too, but just in terms of the short term ones, it's those, it's the two guards and Drummond above everyone else for me. Yeah. And then I think Winler will be back before love and, uh, as well. I don't think Exxon will be back as soon, I think you're going to, have to go on the more conservative side. I think he'll be back out longer just because of, like you said, his checkered history. Um, I don't think Matthew Delvedova will be back anytime soon either. I know that's a question that's kind of popped up in some of my mentions and some of our articles at Fear the Sword saying, like, well, what's up with Delhi? He's like, is he okay? Like, he's had a recurring history of concussions, and he is, uh, I think it's like three in the last couple months as well. And, like, that's concerning, and you have to really be cautious with that. And, there's a lot of parameters and protocols where like you have to take steps or you have to like show clear signs of progress. And if you have any snack, you have to go right back to the beginning and then work your way back up the list. That's just how the NFLs work. I know. So I assume the NBA is similar to that because concussions are no joke. And, um, cause people are like, yeah, they cast could use Delhi right now too, but Delhi's not available. And that's why they had to sign Yogi Ferrell. But, um, no, I think you're right. It's the big three of Colin and Sexton, Darius Garland, and Andre Drummond. And then after that, I think Dylan Windler will be back in between. And then after that, it's Kevin Love. And then you hope Exum's healthy after that. And just knock on wood here as I shake my camera and I knock on my desk here. Um, that nothing really happens to Cavs again. And this is just also the reality of the situation. They haven't played meaningful basketball in nine, ten months. And then being thrown back out there to play full contact, full bore basketball is going to lead to some injuries, especially when you have some fragile players on the team like Kevin Love and Dante Exum. Yeah, and look, I, I just think you need Sexton and Garland to be healthy. Like, I just yep. think, like, that's kind of the root of this, and Drummond, too. I know um, it's easy to get caught up in, like, the moment, but you sometimes need to see the forest for the trees here. Sexton and Garland are part of the long-term plans here. You don't want to cause them to get hurt because you're rushing them back to the floor and, like... We saw it firsthand with Kyrie. It felt like he was rushed back back in the champ after the champ or leading up to the championship year. It felt like he was rushed back because of his knee injury, and then he suffered the twenty fifteen finals. You don't want to have a problem like that because now look, Kyrie Irving can't stay healthy, and it's a lot of other things too. But you, you want to be I cautious the, with players I've, that are meaningful. Yeah. yeah, I think the last thing I'll just say in this say I I think you're just in a position where like you're at the brink of the injury taking you to where you are like you're playing lineups that you never could have imagined working you're not running you can't run a bunch of stuff just because like you are don't have the personnel to, to do it from canton just extra bodies from canton or no 
I don't know, but I don't even know what, like, here's the thing I keep thinking about. Like, I don't know what just adding bodies solves. It, I don't think it solves anything. I, I think that's think the problem. I think you actually just. The cast just want to keep pushing through. I guess I don't know what the protocol is there. Yeah, and, like, the vibe on the COVID thing is that everything was just, we're just going to keep, this is just going to keep rolling in as long yep. as it can. Um, there's a really good piece that Locked the Nuggets host Matt Moore wrote for the, at his day job at the Action Network that you should, you should go read. I'll link it in the show notes if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or whatever, but um about the the covid thing there's some stuff about vaccination in there that is quite interesting for where we're headed here but like i think you're we're just in a position where the Cavs like can't be anything resembling normal until they actually just get their own bodies back and can like do the stuff that they kind of were they want to do like they they can't even there's like that double drag action that they love they were on variations of it a lot because it it's sort of simple good offense for them they think and butter play if you will yes um and they can't do it because you can't run it with like Drummond and Thonmaker or McGee and Drummond. Like yeah. you can't. It, they don't even love running it with Nance because the because the part of the allure is having Love pop out and be the spacer. And teams aren't really coming out on Larry to kind of defend him and open up that extra level of space. So it's mm-hmm. it's tricky. I don't envy JB Bickerstaff. I think it's to their credit they're playing their asses off in a lot of ways and and grinding. But it's not um, exactly. The, the prettiest stuff right now and they just need to get healthy more than anything else but Evan you know it'll help them get healthy yeah if they need a little protein snack after a rehab sesh I, I can't recommend Bilt Bar enough Bilt Bar as people probably know is the best tasting protein bar ever they have a bunch of new flavors including caramel brownie cookies and cream cherry barcia lemon almond cheesecake carrot cake and an apple almond crisp wait I myself Chris, just did you get what? your box in the mail from Bilt Bar because oh I, I did. did I and did. I got the variety box and all those flavors you just mentioned are in there and I almost ate yeah. them all in one sitting that's how good they are yeah there's I actually like quite like the, the lemon almond cheesecake one. I was I surprised too. at how much I liked that. It was really, really good. The cookies um, and cream one's the bomb.com too. Yeah, so I just did a re-up, and I got myself caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and uh, the last one I got, I believe, was I either got mint brownie, which is, a, which is an OG but a great flavor, or I got... Um, that's or double chocolate maybe I, they're all good like all I don't, there's not a bad built ball flavor and they have like they've had some white chocolate ones that that seemed really good and um the cookie dough ones i was mad i didn't order because the cookie dough protein bars every time i've had those those are a plus uh, but right now if you want to try built bar and there's, there's a great 100 percent chocolate covered protein bars they also have some other great products like built boost and, and built go you can subscribe get them today at lot at builtbar.com free cooler with purchase while supplies last and if you go to builtbar.com and use promo code lockdown you get 20 percent off your next order again promo code lockdown for 20 percent off at builtbar.com and seriously again maybe podcast hosts are not the people you're like that's who i want to take my my uh my my protein bar recommendations for two former thick boys who are health <laughs> conscious now. Bilt yeah. Bar is a sweet treat that you can enjoy yeah. that lets the fat kid inside of you stay happy while you don't pack on the pounds. And seriously, it's like kind of funny how many lockdown hosts like buy these with their own money now. No, like we, it's you know. crazy how many lockdown hosts I buy them with my own money, and then like listeners, like a uh, friend of the pod, yeah. Joe Kohler. Um, He's, Bird, I'm going to call him Birdman. Birdman. No one. He's getting ready for a wedding and he's trying to drop weight. And he's like, I have a sweet tooth, but these built bars, are the right trick. And then his fiance carries them on her too. Cause she is a sweet tooth too. Like it works. And yeah, we're giving them way awesome. too much airtime right now. No salute to built bar. Can't wait for my next order to come on. But also guys, uh, lockdown NBA is another great podcast. You can check on, check on in the network and Wednesdays in locked NBA. It's small market pizza, big market. 
Join Jake Madison, Lockdown Pelicans, and John Corrales of Lockdown Celtics for a look at the NBA week from all angles. Subscribe to Lockdown NBA, the Lockdown NBA podcast, wherever you get podcasts. I'm sure they'll be talking about the James Harden guy and what's going on in Houston if you have you want the, the dirt on that, because that's a doozy. We'll be right back with more. Actually, speaking Evan, of James Harden, did you see what Sean yes. just tweeted? That there's a oh, trade boy. culminating, and Brooklyn and Philadelphia are uh, the finalists for it, and then Brooklyn's willing to offer all of its future first-round picks and picks. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's give it to me. I, I'm here for it. Um, I just want to say this, Evan, as we before we talk about the Knicks game, I just want to say this for the record. The Cleveland Cavaliers should like have never been involved in the Harden stuff because James Harden would show up in Cleveland and give even less of a crap than he did in Houston, and it would just be uncomfortable. And I know you want to get star players. I know you want to be competitive, sell tickets when when you know we can have a lot of fans back and stuff. I get that. James Harden Cleveland would have been an outright disaster. There's no way that would have ended well. So I, I'm just saying that let's would have been booming though. <laughs> the flats would have been popping. No, Poppin'. Crazy Horse is the only adult entertainment club in downtown Cleveland. I used to live by it. Is there? So. Uh, I think there's another one in the flats. There's a. I don't know. I don't go. We. To those I'm not venues. a strip. I'm, I'm not a strip. I'm not a strip club guy. Nor do I have enough money to like drop a honey bun at a, at a club. If you know, you know. You know. Um. You know. But the cast played the Knicks on Friday, Chris. Um. I'm. I feel like we've watched a lot of Cavs Knicks games already, and that's weird. Yeah, that's all. Weird. That's like my first thing. Here. It's weird. I want to see more Julius Randle being like a weird playmaking <laughs> four. Like this is such a like he. Tom Thibodeau's playing him to no end. Like he's gonna fall apart eventually. I hope he doesn't. But it's been a fun experience, and um, Julius Randle's just kind of a player I've always liked. He's not like the most aesthetically pleasing player, like the most like efficient player, and you know. But he's really kind of just been weird, and he was weird in New Orleans, but it was kind of fun. He's been weird with the Knicks, but kind of fun. But him being a playmaker, that's like that's my burning question for Larry Nance is because Nance has already shared with me the Lakers told him, no, we don't want you shooting threes. No, we don't want you making passes. We want you to be a dunker and a rebounder. I want to know if they told Julius Randle the same thing because – and I want to know to so like ask Larry, is this a recent development or is this something he's always just known Julius has been capable of because they're friends and former teammates. Like those – Baby Lakers are super tight with each other still. Yeah. Um, like, is there any, you know, Evan, you, you know, the, my, my main event thing in this game is just watching Isaac Okora defend people. Oh, yeah, that's, that's going to be fun. That's, that's, the whole, that's the whole thing. I want to see him defend Julius Randle. I want to see him defend R.J. Barrett. I want to see him defend whoever the Cavs need him to defend. I want to see him deployed that way because, and that's the most interesting thing. Um I also want to see if we start seeing Andre Drummond throw things around a little bit. I would like to see that because, for sure. because I and I want to. I should clarify. He's playing really well in defense. Him and Larry are deflecting a lot of passes. They're being very active. He's rebounding. He's rebounding well. He's about last time I looked. He's like ten percent under his kind of normal percentage at the rim, which is still below average. That number would still be below average for his position. But, like, he's worse than he should be. And I want to see, like, some of it's personnel-based. I think the surrounding cast is not helping Andre in terms of spacing. And, and um, you know, I don't think the setups are particularly getting him in positions to thrive. But, no. you know, I, I think, like, can he turn it around? Mitch Robinson and Nerland Snowell are good centers. So it's not exactly like he's going against paper, like, paper-thin guys. But, like, can, can Drummond get going a little bit more? And if he can have, like, a big, really efficient game, like, that's a, a that's a good chance for the Cavs to, to beat a, a Knicks team that has gotten a good amount of hype for being competitive and better this year and stuff when I don't even know how deserved that technically is. Yeah, no, 
part of it's coaching with the Knicks. I think Tom Thibodeau really is trying to get this team to play harder, and I do think they have some talent and personnel. I think R.J. Barrett making a leap is only natural. I think people are a little too down on him. Probably the fault of playing in New York City and playing for the most popular, arguably the most popular team other than the Yankees in New York City. Um, that kind of puts a little scrutiny and extra spotlight on R.J. Barrett, but like... Yeah, I want to see Drummond kind of compete more. Maybe if the Cavs are a little healthier like we were hoping for in the last segment, we see a little bit of that, especially if Sexton and Drummond are both available. I think that makes the, elevates the Cavs a lot. Isaac Okoro playing will be a lot of fun. Um, I hope Damian Dotson gets the start because I think he's going to be playing with uh, blood in his eyes at that point. Um, or hate in his heart, blood in his eyes, whatever the little lane lyric is. But either way... Um, He's going to be shooting up a lot of shots against the Knicks like he did in the preseason, and I'm kind of here for it because Dot's become more and more endearing to me, and he fills that Kevin Porter Jr. void right now on the depth chart for Cleveland. Um, he's been a lot of fun, and I'm just interested to see if this Cavs team is able to get up and play as hard as they usually do because they just looked like they were gassed against Memphis and especially gassed against the Jazz with how thin and depleted they were. If they're healthier, they have a few days off to rest up. I'm interested to see how this Cavs team's doing and looking when they go out there against New York on Friday night. Um, Evan, as we kind of wrap up here, how do you think the Cavs... Is there anything you think they could do to better better kind of approach um, some of the issues that they're having right now in terms of just the 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 concerns of you know the the lack of health like is there anything you think they could do differently to kind of mitigate this because i don't i don't think i think they're actually doing a good job of that i don't really know i don't have any other crafty solutions to like no i don't magically either. make all this work it, it's such a cliche but time heals all wounds and that's what the Cavs need is time to rest and they have that right now they driving a little bit of a head start when they pulled him against utah so he'll have about probably i assume a lot of these guys will light practice and maybe do a little shooting and stuff and go over some film just leading up to the Knicks. That'll be what practices on Thursday and then shoot around will be another light session as well. And then I'm going to assume like Colin and Andre are going to be game time decisions. Maybe Darius as well, depending on his availability. But um, yeah, no, there's not really anything the Cavs can do. They have the freaking Cleveland clinic at their side, which is like one of the best hospitals in the country. Um, you just got to kind of wait it out. It's frustrating and it's tough in the moment, but again, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon, and the Cavs have a ton of games still to play. I think they're 12 games into the year at this point, so they have 60 more to go, uh, uh, like 20-ish remaining in this first half of the season. So it's going to be a little bit of a drag at first, but hopefully the Cavs can get through this, and then we'll be seeing some healthy teams soon, and it'll be worth it. It's always worth it when the Cavs are fully healthy, and it just it sucks all these injuries are just hitting at once, and I hope and pray that no one gets hurt between now and then. Yes. Um, but again, check out um, everything going on right now with the, the whole... Uh, to see the whole situation going on with James Harden, that is just going to break my brain. Obviously, we have a lot of stuff going on with that. So check out Locked on Rockets. Check out Locked on Nets. Check out Locked on Sixers. Check out everything in the network as well. Check out Locked um, on Blue Jackets. Hockey's back on Thursday. Oh, folks. yes, 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 yes. Yes, so check that out too. Um, but again, thanks for listening. Thanks for you know getting through our really big Bilt Bar ad that we gushed about, and we'll talk to you all again soon. Got that done. Uh, stop in my 